This is IEDA In Your Ear, the podcast for members of the Indiana Economic Development Association. I'm your host, Lee Llewellyn. This is Katie Price with Duke Energy. Duke Energy is the largest electric utility in Indiana, serving 69 of the state's 92 counties and providing power for more than 890,000 customers. We are passionate about being a partner in economic development. That's why the nation's top site selectors, real estate brokers, economic developers, and companies have seen us as a trusted advisor for years. We have proudly been recognized as a top utility in economic development by Site Selection Magazine for 18 years and running. We understand that energy can be one of the most significant decisions around where a company locates. That's why it's important that you bring us into the conversation early so we can help find the best rates, renewable solutions, and incentives available for your competitive project. At Duke Energy, we are committed to economic growth in the communities we serve, and we look forward to working with you. Duke Energy is a proud sponsor of this IEDA podcast. To learn more, visit duke-energy.com. Thank you for listening. For this podcast, I'm talking with David Watkins, Senior Vice President for Entrepreneurship for the Indiana Economic Development Corporation, or as we always call it, IEDC. IEDC has recognized that entrepreneurship is a critical part of Indiana's economic vitality and as such is directing resources toward encouraging more business startups. David is with me today to talk about the resources that IEDC is making available and how local economic developers can play a role. So, David, thank you for being with me today. Yeah, thanks, Lee. Happy to be here. Okay. So, I think probably when, when people are thinking about entrepreneurial hotspots, gosh, anywhere in the world, Indiana probably isn't sort of known to be at the top of that list. Is that fair? Uh, I think it should be at the top of the list. Um, I I think certainly there's uh, well-known areas of the globe that people associate with entrepreneurship, but Indiana should have its fair share of that of that limelight. You know, number one state to start a business in 2023 from from Forbes. The names of today's Fortune 100 companies that we associate with Indiana, the Lillies, the Allisons, the Cummins, etc. They they bear the names of the entrepreneurs who started them. And that entrepreneurial journey may have started decades ago, but it's still very alive and vibrant today. The the state has an excellent, excellent ecosystem that's been built out around our entrepreneurs. So top four in the country for the survivability of of our startups after one year. And so we have more people who are, are uh, continuing to, to be an entrepreneur and continue that startup journey after a year than, than uh, almost anywhere else in the country. And then, you know, even at the city level, so Indianapolis ranks number three in the, the, the greater Midwest area for, for startup cities. But the, perhaps more importantly, Bloomington, Lafayette, uh, South Bend, the Jeffersonville area um, around Louisville, they all get into the top 20. Fort Wayne, Evansville um, break into the, the, the top 30 of those, those rankings. So, you know, we see this entrepreneurial activity happening across the state and, and think that um, you know, we, we should be claiming our rightful spot as, a, as an entrepreneurial state. So, but I'm going to call you out on something, though, that you just said. Yeah. So, so you talk about the state, but then you talked about some very specific areas, Indianapolis, South Bend, uh, obviously the West Lafayette area, uh, Bloomington, Jeffersonville, 
So is entrepreneurship only concentrated in just a small number of counties in no, Indiana? No, no. This, this is the best part, Lee. So 99.4% of all the businesses in the state of Indiana are small businesses. Small businesses are started by entrepreneurs. They're grown by entrepreneurs. Uh, whether it's a seventh generation family owned business or whether it's a, a person with an idea, uh, small businesses are entrepreneurial stories. And so nine times out of 10, if you're talking to somebody who owns a business, no matter where they are in the state of Indiana, that's a small business owner. That's a story of entrepreneurship. And we actually see the highest rates of entrepreneurship outside of the major metropolitan areas. We see the highest rates of entrepreneurship in rural areas of the state. And we see the, that history of family-owned businesses and, and entrepreneurial legacies strongest in, in some of the most rural areas. So describe then for a minute, when, when you're talking about entrepreneurship in some of those rural areas, yeah. what is an example of that? Because I think that for a lot of people, unfortunately, is sort of counterintuitive. So, yeah. so talk about maybe you know, a case study or an example or two of, of what some of those entrepreneurial startups in a rural area looks like. Yeah, well, so I think first and foremost, important to say that at the IEDC, we define entrepreneurship to be all types of entrepreneurial activity, from a side hustle to a, a hundred plus year old small business that's still family owned and the latest generation is is taking over and trying to grow that business and and do new things. So that could include, um, I, I, I name drop seventh generation family owned business in southern Indiana, that would be Huber Winery. That's an entrepreneurial mm -hmm. story. No different than uh, more of a, a, a tech or innovation enabled startup like Zero Car life down in Evansville, Indiana, or RX Lightning. Uh, certainly we have those stories of entrepreneurship, but we have the uh, companies like HP Alloys in, in kind of the middle north part of the state that uh, uh, have been extremely successful as entrepreneurial ventures and and have grown an innovative uh, small business to, to a point of a real community impact, jobs created, revenue, sales, etc., that you know, we define entrepreneurship to include everything in between that. So, and I think about there was a there was a time many years ago when in um, Hendricks County, the the economic developer then did a sort of an an intellectual property call out mm. and just just to see who would show up. And it was fascinating that, you know, there were farmers, there were, you know, there were tinkerers, people who had patents, mm -hmm. who had patented something and, and the whole purpose was, you know, let's, you know, let's talk about your patent and figure out, you know, is there an opportunity to do something. But it was interesting. Again, there were farmers that yeah. actually came up from Shelby County. Yep. Uh, there was a there was a, a guy with a motorcycle who came in with his leathers and you know yeah. the, yeah. the earring, and That's they right. all yeah. had uh, patents and yeah. intellectual property. And so it yeah. was a real eye opener that there is a lot of yeah. of that activity that goes often undetected. Absolutely. Just a couple of weeks ago, I was in uh, Edwardsville, uh, Indiana, down down south, um, all the way south. And, uh, you know, Redwire Space, a company that, that uh, is expanding their operations here in Indiana, plans to have their command and control for their activities in space at the International Space Station right in Edwardsville, Indiana. Right? So there's, there is perhaps, unfortunately, surprising 
but it shouldn't be. There's a lot of entrepreneurial activity happening throughout the state. And, and, and I think even, even beyond you know, the ones that we can rattle off the, the top of our head, you go to small towns and cities and communities across the state, you will find small businesses on Main Street. You will find community around those businesses and those entrepreneurs that call those areas home. Um, because that's that's what it means to be a, a an entrepreneur in a place like Argus, Indiana, or Madison, or Jasper, or anywhere in between. All of those communities have a, a core fabric of entrepreneurs and small businesses that make them the kind of places that people want to live. So, what brought this to the attention of the IEDC, and and how do we? get that down to that local yeah. level because IEDC seems like it's kind of above that so where's the connection point yeah absolutely so uh, it, entrepreneurship is now a you know key part of our 5e strategy and and certainly talking to entrepreneurs and and having uh, people with an entrepreneurial background in in leadership positions at the IEDC has has helped I myself grew up in a small rural town. My family, <clears throat> excuse me, my family had a uh, a small business growing up, and we now have a team of 15 people here that spend all day every day working on issues around entrepreneurship and small business. And I think as we we think about why, you know, the aforementioned vast majority of our businesses in the state are are entrepreneurial, started by entrepreneurs, grown by entrepreneurs, small businesses. They employ half of Hoosiers, so half of the, the citizens of the great state of Indiana are working at a small business. Uh, and then, you know, third, and perhaps most importantly, 75% of Indiana's net new job creation comes from firms that are less than five years old. 75% of our net new job creation comes from firms that are less than five years old. That's a stunning statistic, and it, it speaks to the power of uh, new ideas and innovation coming to market and seeing significant growth and, and driving the job creation that comes with that. So as you're talking about this, then you keep you kind of go back and forth between entrepreneur and uh, small business. Is there a functional difference that that there we is, make? All yeah, right. there is a functional different difference. There, um, uh, there's a technical. How about that? There's a technical difference. There is a federal definition for what makes a small business and and what doesn't make a small business. We could go deep into the weeds on revenue numbers or or number of employees and depending on industry sectors, etc. For our purposes, though, all startups are small businesses. Small businesses at some point had a, an entrepreneur or a founder who started them and got them started. People without a, a business yet, but with an idea and a passion for entrepreneurship, they obviously are, are, are um, a, a key part of our strategy to get more people to start. Uh, uh, start their own business. So we do use them inter interchangeably. There are technical differences, but for us, we are really focused on that, that mindset of entrepreneurship. The, the entrepreneurial mindset can be found in a lot of different areas across the state. Again, whether it's a well-established business or one that started as a, a, an entrepreneurial venture and has since grown significantly since then, you know, there are a lot of those stories and we certainly think of entrepreneurship as in the broadest terms possible so that we capture all of that that great entrepreneurial mindset across the state it's interesting that you started by talking about you know that India where Indiana ranks in terms of you know startups yeah because I think the perception is that Indiana is a very unforgiving place for <laughs> people to start businesses so so it, 
why isn't that the case and what are still some of the challenges yeah, that are there? So I think there's a couple of reasons actually that, that go into the success of our entrepreneurs. Once you get started here, we have significant longevity. I, I think the capital environment is extremely strong and growing. You know, small business lenders and, and community banks, you know, do anywhere between eight to nine billion dollars a year in small business lending just in Indiana. The last two years actually we've even had on the venture capital side over a billion dollars of venture capital invested into startups in the state of Indiana. So across both sides of the capital spectrum a lot of capital flowing into the state. You know, you previously mentioned the the IP and the technology and the patents. In addition to you know the folks across the state who hold that IP we also have world-class universities that drive a significant amount of research and tech commercialization and support for entrepreneurs within their ecosystems and, and within the communities in which they're located. The other key area that is not as obvious, but um, something that we did a lot of research on two years ago, uh, we worked with a group called Startup Genome that does global entrepreneurial ecosystem rankings. And Indiana ranked top 40 globally for our emerging entrepreneurial ecosystem. And uh, one of the key strengths that they found Indiana punched um, alongside other ecosystems that we may know like Taipei City, Tel Aviv, different areas of the globe was what they defined as local connectedness. And it was the ability of an entrepreneur or a small business owner to get connected to the right person to help them get unstuck from where they were in their journey at that time. And, and I think we all kind of know this in, in practice. Maybe it looks like what we now call who's your hospitality, but functionally for an entrepreneur, it means that they can go and they can talk to you or me and get connected to the, the banker that they need to talk to about capital, or they can get connected to the SBDC office to help them with a business plan, or they can get connected to their local chamber or their, their um, uh, economic development organization in maybe two or three phone calls or, or emails, and that it's really quick to get connected across the state with other entrepreneurs and the providers who will help an entrepreneur get unstuck. We have a great culture of helping each other and I think that applies in, in, a, in a specific way, applies really, really, really impactful um, for entrepreneurs. So have we reached that critical mass because I know uh, probably 20, 25 years ago when I was with uh, Central Indiana Corporate Partnership and we were looking at that whole commercialization chain, especially as it was coming out of the universities. Mm -hmm. And one of the first things that we heard from sort of the experts was, well, at that time, Indiana was perceived to be a place that had a high cost of failure. And so you got one shot. <laughs> and if you didn't get it right the first time, then you were sort of cast aside. But that the solution to that was creating that network and that connectedness so that people who were trying to do, start those businesses could, could kind of be protected. There was an enclave, yeah. for lack of a better word, yeah. where the network sort of surrounded one another and provided yeah. that support. But it seems like you're reflecting now that maybe we've reached more of a critical mass where there are enough people who've been through the process that now that connectedness yeah. is a little bit more it's it's easier to find. Yeah. yeah, it's tangible. Yeah, I, I mean, some of the best entrepreneurs that we have are ones that were entrepreneurs at something else before they were an entrepreneur at, at, at their current uh, startup or small business. Whether that was a failure or a success, these are kind of flywheels that start spinning off people 
who are entrepreneurial, mm-hmm. who have that mm-hmm. mindset, and see solutions uh, for problems. They see the problems themselves as opportunities to to solve something, and that's typically not something that just happens once or twice. For an entrepreneur, it has something that happens over and over and over again, even if there's failure mixed in. And certainly failure, the creative destruction process is is part of it. But I think we have reached that critical mass. Not that there aren't areas where we want to improve. We want to see increased tech commercialization out of our our university still. Um, And a lot of great work going on at at IU and Notre Dame and Purdue in particular to to lean into those areas of, of opportunity. But now a little bit more of that ecosystem effect, uh, the enclave as you called it, that, that, that comes around an entrepreneur and supports them no matter what the business venture is or what happened to the previous ones. So now that this has become such a big focus for the Indiana Economic Development Corporation, then where do we bring those local economic developers into this process? Because I think there still is a sense at at many local levels that economic development is only about sort of bringing the you know the next big project yeah. and it it's and because that's where we get to cut the ribbon and that's where we get to you know have like yep. the big news yep. stories yep. So how do we bring the local economic developers and maybe even sort of the local elected officials and the Lido boards into this process to understand the value of what you all are promoting? We, we spread the gospel truthfully. Um, we, we go out and we talk about why entrepreneurship is important, why growing your own is important. Helping people be entrepreneurial in these towns and cities across the state is extremely important, not only economically, but community as well. I think. Really, our team is is out there and more visible than we've ever been, crisscrossing the state, talking to folks. We absolutely leverage our, our small business development center offices, which cover all 92 counties. I think most uh, local economic development officials and city officials know about their, their SBDC. We've even gone to the length of increasing the funding for the SBDC program from the IEDC just in the last six months. We've, we've doubled the funding so that they can hire additional people in every single office across the state. We've invested in both the people and the digital side too. You know, we just launched a new entrepreneurship portal called Connect IND that is designed to connect entrepreneurs or those who are assisting them with the resources that are available not just in their area but across the state and making sure that entrepreneurs know about the resources that are available, that local economic development uh, folks know about the, on the, the resources that are available to their entrepreneurs. And then at the end of the day, we've got, we've got a, a team that, that anybody can feel comfortable reaching out to and, and asking, who do I talk to about this? How do I get access to this? Is this program or opportunity right for me? And we do, we do a lot of that. So, but give me an example. So what specifically? So if I'm that local economic developer, what specifically do I see your team doing? Yeah, so the the SBDC, I, I kind of mentioned they're out there doing workshops, how to launch your own business. They're doing the one-on-one counseling with folks to walk them through a business plan or financial projections. Or here next month, beginning of August, we have the, the conclusion of our Export Indiana Accelerator Program, which is designed to take a cohort of uh, small businesses from across the state and help them figure out how to export their product overseas into international markets. We have a number of different accelerator programs programs though that happen across 
the 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 calendar in specific areas like advanced mobility or inter, uh, industry 4.0 and advanced manufacturing we have these these programs that, that entrepreneurs and small businesses can apply for that can connect with on the capital side um, whether again it's somebody who's trying to seek a debt and needs to work with their local SBDC on on financing or a connection to a bank or in the case of venture capital we have direct investment mechanisms that we use through Elevate Ventures to take an equity position alongside the private the private market in promising high growth startups again across the state but there's a whole myriad of other programs in between and tools that we use to help support entrepreneurs and and most of the time it's a tool set that is unique to that particular entrepreneur's journey there was a uh, startup that has now grown to to such a level in uh, Martin County is where they're they're now located and they went through a accelerator program they took advantage of the manufacturing readiness grant program they worked with their local SBDC they obviously got to a point where they were you know hiring 50 60 people and and worked to get traditional tax credit economic development incentives and so their story of growth in in you know Martin County was one that was a little bit of all of these pieces that got them to a point where okay now this is this is kind of what we might define as a normal economic development deal where they're hiring a a, a bunch of people and we've got a capex and that kind of thing but there was a much longer journey that got to that point where you know the IEDC was active in supporting that journey at every single step along the way so let me turn part of this a little bit sideways because you know then I, I'm I'm still trying to think about this from the perspective of of that sort of local economic developer or you know it can also be the local chamber of commerce or whoever it may be you know I think many of us come into those roles at the economic development organization or a chamber of commerce maybe not necessarily with a a business background per se mm, yeah you know so we're coming at it from from a, an association or organization management point of view and frankly may come into the position not being a little bit intimidated yeah by that business those business concepts and so you know as we might be dealing with some of those local individuals who are thinking about it we're not always really sure maybe how to do that how do we help those service providers those connectors within the community yeah better understand how to access you or better understand yeah. the process because i mean the entrepreneurial process is not something that everybody sort of gets automatically no, or intuitively no and it tends to be very unique for each individual yeah. it's it's a very custom and bespoke process is not a one-size-fits-all to but to, i may be journeys. intimidated about the yeah. trying to to work with my with a local yeah. individual and i don't want to I don't want to tell them that I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, you know, Lee, I think that's a great point. And that's where, you know, we can be, I think, particularly helpful to local economic development officials, chamber officials, and others is we do have that expertise. And we have people across the state um, ready to handle and connect with entrepreneurs and small businesses that are asking these questions. And so I, I feel very comfortable saying any local economic developer um, or chamber 
executive who is talking to small businesses and entrepreneurs and doesn't know who to connect them with, connect them with us. Reach out to the local SBDC office, you know, send them to the ConnectIND portal. A really cool part about the portal, it's not all digital. I'm actually on the back side of the portal and, and can be accessed through the portal itself. We've got 10 folks across the state. We're calling them ecosystem navigators. All they do every single day is help entrepreneurs navigate the resources that are available to you. Okay, hey, start here. Then we're going to talk to Lee about this uh, item on, on your journey. And then we're going to connect you with this other organization over here to do this. And so we have these people. At this point, we've got 100 folks out across the state through our SBDC offices. Use them. Use them as a resource because they can get them connected to certainly anybody here at the IEDC, but locally, regionally. That really, at the, at the base of what we do, is provide that level of expertise so that you know local economic development officials can leverage that to their own benefit in their communities and help those entrepreneurs at the same time. You've, you've sort of touched upon the Connect IND site, but let's talk a little bit more in depth about that. Yeah. I mean, in terms of how it operates and how it can be accessed. So, yeah. So commercial pitch, connectind.com. Connectind, really, this is an idea that we've been thinking about for a while and it's because we have a team that that talks to entrepreneurs and small businesses all day every day and one of the things that comes out of those conversations is is um, you know, I don't know where to start or I don't know what resources are out there and a lot of business owners you'll hear them say uh, well the thing that worries me the most is what I don't know right right and and so the idea was how could we find a spot digitally right to connect and make uh, entrepreneurs aware of the resources that are out there uh, there will always 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 be a people component to this and we've got great people out in the field who do it by memory oh yeah you got to talk to so and so and so and so but how can we memorialize that digitally you know we 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 want to make sure that we've got a 24-7 tool available that people can access, that they can reach out to, they can connect, not just with the resources in their own backyard, but the resources that they may not know about because they're not in, you know, in Martin County, but would help an entrepreneur in Martin County if they just knew about it. And so as we started thinking about this, and, and it, 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 it certainly was a, a, a topic of conversation during the pandemic when you know there was this myriad of resources. Right. How do we connect small businesses to them? And Secretary Chambers made very clear from day one, I wanna do this. I wanna do this portal. I wanna do this hub for entrepreneurs to connect folks. Because the interesting thing too is that it it's a little bit of a, a report card or a scorecard on the strength of our ecosystem. We launched the portal just just last month with a little over 23, 2400 resources on it. And we allow users to add resources. We're now up over 4,000 resources for entrepreneurs based on what others have been adding to the portal and saying, oh, hey, this resource exists here, this one exists here, to share with other entrepreneurs. So at the, at the base level, you know, people can go in there and they can select based on need, area of interest, geography, county level, and say, hey, I, you know, I live in this county, I need help with a business plan, and it'll, it'll populate the resources available for them there. They can also go in and just request to be matched to resources. Again, they share some information about where they, where they 
they're located, what type of need they have for their business. They need access to capital. They need help with exporting, et cetera, and get matched to organizations that we think are a best fit for them. And then at the end of the day, ultimately, whether they generate that list or whether they just want to click connect with somebody, they can get connected right with the ecosystem navigator in their region of the state. These folks aren't here in Indianapolis with us at the IEDC offices. They're out across the state in the communities. They're locals. They know these regions. They live there. They work there. They, they uh, have their lives in those regions of the state. And so they're out there sitting down and talking to entrepreneurs every single day. And so our hope, obviously, is that by better connecting the ecosystem, we'll see more businesses started in the state and we'll see the acceleration of the businesses that already exist here in terms of their ability to grow, increase sales, access foreign markets or additional markets in, in, in the US and continue to, to hire and invest in their operations here in Indiana. The interesting thing, Lee, is that a tool that better connects Indiana's entrepreneurs and potential entrepreneurs and small businesses with the resources that exist here also happens to be a pretty pretty good tool to tell our Indiana entrepreneurial story across the world mm -hmm. across the, the certainly across the country this is unique at the state level for a state to have invested in this type of digital connectedness for its entrepreneurs and resource mapping. And so when we're talking to small businesses and startups in other states or other countries around the world, this now becomes a tool to sell them and tell them about why Indiana should be a place that they should be looking to, to start or grow their business. And again, not just Indianapolis, right? There are communities across the state that want to roll out the, the red carpet for entrepreneurs, and this tool allows us to show those entrepreneurs and potential new, new businesses in Indiana the strength of that ecosystem. It seemed to me when I looked at the website, I would characterize it all as almost sort of a no wrong door approach. That's right. And which is really critical because I think what happens so many times when people are trying to, to navigate any website, you get to that dead end yeah. or you ask the question that takes you sort of off to, you know, sort of the, the electronic cul-de-sac. Yeah. And, and it appeared to me that this is very intuitive. The, web, the, the site is very intuitive and it does keep you sort of moving through the process to, to yeah. an answer or to a solution or to a connection. Yeah, I like to hear that because that's the way that we designed it. We wanted as much accessibility as we could, right? So, so a whole bunch of side doors, doesn't matter where you come mm -hmm. in. And that then goes back on what, what, what I mentioned previously, Lee, and that's this, if we have this, this, this key global strength in local connectedness, then I just got to get somebody in the door and then we can just start firing off these connections and resources and, oh, talk to this person, talk to this person, talk to this person. The strength of the ecosystem takes hold. So we got to get people through the door, whether that's starting or just getting connected to that first resource and then watch the connections grow from there. So that's really what Connect IND is designed to do. Because I think it's easy. It's easy once you hit sort of that first stopping point for it's just to turn it off and say, okay, this was a bad idea. And I think that the fact that it, it does continue to sort of pull you through the process, 
I mean, I think that builds a little bit of, of personal momentum for the individual yeah. who is, you know, who is maybe looking for an excuse to say, okay, this was a bad idea. Entrepreneurship is hard. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's hard. You're, uh, you know, at, at some point, you're, you're taking a big personal risk. And, you know, once once we get, you know, startups and small businesses that have employees, you're responsible for other people's livelihoods. It, it is, it's hard. But um, we think that there are ways that we can make that journey just a little bit easier. Um, and certainly, if these resources exist, let's get the entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. the entrepreneurs connected to those resources um, and, and get them the help that they're looking for. So you've talked about the company in Martin County as an example. Are there other examples or case studies that are maybe a little bit out of the ordinary, at least in terms of what we would think of maybe for yeah. Indiana, that you could highlight and talk about that you know that you've worked with or yeah. that are good examples of someone who solved a problem in a unique way yeah. in a business? Yeah, there are many. You know, I, we already mentioned one of the space technology companies in India. There's actually several mm -hmm. um, who have uh, uh, one of them in particular, um, HP Alloys. We kind of, you know, joked that some of their exports are literally interstellar and and outstanding stories of, of entrepreneurship. One that sticks to me because it's really, it, it sticks out to me because it's kind of, from the beginning to wherever it ends, and I'm not sure that that, that journey will, will end anytime soon, certainly. There's a, uh, a peanut butter manufacturer, Be Nutty, up in uh, Portage, Indiana. Uh, Carol and Joy started that company as, actually they started it really as a, as a hobby, not as a company, uh, making peanut butter and really good bespoke peanut butter for their kids who were playing soccer and their uh, kids' friends who were also playing soccer on the soccer team. That literally is where that company started and as they've grown obviously it's it's become a real commercial success and they've they've continued to move into larger and larger and larger manufacturing facilities for peanut butter and more sophistication taking advantage of manufacturing readiness grants taking advantage of the SBDC along the way taking advantage of the export accelerator uh, they now have exports into multiple countries of bee nutty peanut butter made in Portage Indiana and continuing to expand out their facility there and hire more and more people that journey is one that's happened relatively over the short period of time uh, certainly just in the last seven or so years from really something that that you know was was a hobby or, or a, uh, a necessity to, to feed the kids at soccer practice all the way now to a global brand providing an Indiana made product to customers around the world but I really like the fact that you've highlighted though that food product yeah. And 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 talked about it though in the context of manufacturing. Yep. Because one of the things that we are trying to help foster in rural communities is for them to get out of the mindset that all they can do is attract vehicle manufacturing yeah. that is not going to come to those rural communities but getting them to start looking at yeah. the agricultural products that are grown in those communities yeah. and yeah. how do we bring value added processing to to that to the rural communities and peanut butter is a great example yeah, absolutely and, but but when you go into you know those food processing facilities it is manufacturing but absolutely. we are so conditioned to think of manufacturing as only being 
vehicle production absolutely. in Indiana. Yeah. And so it, I think that's a wonderful example. It includes, absolutely includes food. Earlier this year, we recognized uh, Knightstown Locker on the, mm -hmm. the east side of the state as a family-owned business and and recognized the work that they've been doing in that community for years. Our, our food processors, our meat processors, our manufacturers of, of processed foods, those are absolutely all manufacturing operations, making stuff um, here in Indiana. You know, um, that there's there's this opportunity really to to continue to drive that kind of redefinition of entrepreneurship. Another one that comes to mind that's a journey that's been a little bit longer in the making. Argus Indiana, uh, American Engineering in Argus Indiana makes globally renowned restroom trailers that are used in markets all over the world and certainly here locally and in other states. You know, Argus Indiana is a place that absolutely comes around to support American and what they're doing and they're growing there in, in Argus. They're adding additional capacity. They're taking advantage of uh, the Manufacturing Readiness Grant Program. They're continuing to grow and push that company forward. Kind of goes back to that entrepreneurial mindset, right? Like the, the, the next generation steps in and continues to push the growth of that company and I'm excited to see where you know American Engineering ends up in the, in the next decade along with all these other entrepreneurs that we work with in a, in a given year, you know, we're in some way the entrepreneurship team at the IEDC, whether it's through venture capital, whether it's through manufacturing readiness grants, whether it's through SBDC portal, any of these programs that we operate, we are going to be interacting with this year alone close to 10,000 entrepreneurs and small businesses across the state of Indiana. Um, in some way or another, we will be reaching out, we will be interacting with them through one of these programs. That type of uh, impact, that type of, of uh, that volume of interaction uh, allows us to hear amazing stories of entrepreneurship across the entire state. They often become the, the places that we personally uh, like to go mm -hmm. and, and uh, shop at these places and buy their products and support. Certainly in our professional capacity at the IEDC, do what we can to support our entrepreneurs and small businesses, but also um, in our own personal lives and with our families and friends. Have you tried such and such? Yeah, you should really take a look at that. Or maybe have you heard of this company that's doing this really cool thing in, in uh, this part of Indiana? You should check them out. Um, and I think that's a, that's a, a really rewarding and, and, and very uh, impactful part of the job. So for most of the conversation, we've tried to steer away from technology, I mean, yeah. and talk about the other things. But I think there are some very interesting footprints of sort of technology that's, that has grown in Indiana yeah. that gives us some, some opportunities. What do you see that are some of those unique opportunities in the technology yeah. field that Indiana is in the forefront? Well, the uh, term of the day is hard tech, um, and it's an area that I think mm -hmm. incorporates a lot of what we're really good at in Indiana, which is building things um, and building extremely high-quality, globally known um, products, but with a, a technology flair to them. So you think about advanced manufacturing, industry 4.0, but you also think about ag and agricultural technology. You think about health. Uh, medical devices, med tech, those types of things. And so, you know, we're working with our partners at, at CICP, with Conexus and, and TechPoint and others to really think about how we target the, the technology ecosystem even more than we've already done. So I, IEDC has been 
leading the way actually for the better part of the last decade as it relates to um, economic development, uh, one of our strategies being direct investment and venture capital support. We've been doing these things before um, many states. And uh, Elevate Ventures and the relationship between the IEDC and, and Elevate Ventures has only continued to grow. Uh, we had an all-time record number of investments made in Indiana startups last year at almost $19 million. And we continue to pour additional fuel on the those startups and their growth here in Indiana. Uh, we have the Next Level Fund to make investments in other venture capital funds, both here in Indiana and venture capital firms outside of Indiana that are looking to invest in Indiana startups. We can import that capital into the state um, and help our entrepreneurs access venture capital in different ways. And then, you know, I think perhaps one of the most important and, and, and underutilized or, or um, uh, not as well known as I'd like it to be programs is a venture capital investment tax credit program, which provides a tax credit to investors who are making an investment into a qualified Indiana business. And the best part about that program, Lee, is that even if you have no Indiana state tax liability, that particular tax credit is transferable. You can sell it to somebody else who does. And we're seeing out-of-state investors start to really take advantage of that program as a way to incentivize them putting their capital to work here in Indiana in our startups or encouraging their existing portfolio startups to move here because of all of the, the things that we've just spent, you know, all of these, these this conversation we've just had about our ecosystem and our cost of living and the best place to start a business. All of these things make Indiana an attractive spot to start and grow a business. And so we're extremely active in targeting those core areas around um, advanced mobility and, and autonomous driving, advanced manufacturing, Industry 4.0, uh, and, and certainly as it relates to um, uh, the work that we do in, in life sciences and health tech to make sure that we have these initiatives that can be real draws globally. A great example would be the Battery Innovation Center down yep. in southern Indiana uh, that has been uh, part of the IEDC's kind of public-private portfolio for many years now and, and attracts startups and industry incumbents alike to test battery technology right here in Indiana. And they were testing battery technology here long before we started seeing huge multi-billion dollar investments uh, in that type of battery technology manufacturing that, that now we see coming to the state and exploring Indiana as a, as a place to, to hire thousands of people to do that type of technology. Uh, another example um, of that type of innovation and technology area that we, we were very active in would be autonomous driving. Knowing that Indiana has a lot of automotive history and a significant motorsports history. You know, we partnered with Energy Systems Network to form the uh, Indy Autonomous Challenge and retrofit some Indy Lights cars or Indy Next cars with autonomous technology so that they can drive themselves around a racetrack. And we brought in university teams from across the world to code the, the software, the AI that then allows this, this machine to travel you know, at 170, 180 miles per hour. People may not know, but the land speed record for fastest autonomous vehicle in the world was set by one of those race cars at 192 miles an hour. All of that innovation happening right here in Indiana.
Yeah, I think uh, going back to the batteries, I mean, a lot of uh, battery innovation in the automotive industry really started in Anderson, Indiana with, I think it was Remy. Yeah. And um, uh, may he rest in peace, Bill Wylam, known as Battery Bill, was, <laughs> uh, was you know, a world-renowned expert on battery technology. And so, you know, Indiana has had a strong footprint, yeah. and it's nice to see now that a lot of that's coming back yeah. and being focused here. It it's takes... I think the entrepreneurial and the innovation journey is a bit of a longer one. Mm -hmm. It's a long-term play, but one that we think, certainly, the, the ROI, the return, the community impact is there all day long to justify that type of long-term investment. We really are thinking about how can, what can we do today to seed the industries of the future here in Indiana. That we may not, we may not even know what they're going to look like. What can we do today to support the entrepreneur who has an idea that, you know, a hundred years from now we'll all look back and, mm -hmm. and be telling the story like we do today of Colonel Eli Lilly with a pharmacy on the south side right. of Indianapolis. That's really we're thinking that kind of long term and, and, and obviously the, the strategy is then to help as many entrepreneurs as possible. You know, some will, will do extremely well, some will be great local businesses, some will grow massive, some will fail. But we think somewhere in there we're going to get that cadre of businesses that people recognize a hundred years from now. Um, and say, man, that was that's a great story of entrepreneurship. That's what we're focused on. Your enthusiasm is infectious, and I appreciate <laughs> it. It's been great, and it comes across well. So as we close, what haven't you talked about that you need to? Um, well, Lee, I think we've, we've gotten the chance to talk a lot about what we do um, on the entrepreneurship team at the IEDC. Uh, there are a lot of different programs and resources out there so I think the number one thing is, is you know, I, I want to hear from folks. I want them to reach out, connect with our team. We are interacting with startups every single day that uh, aren't located in Indiana but are interested in moving here. And we want to be able to connect them with the communities that want them here as well. Um, we're interacting with the businesses that are wanting to grow or access capital. Um, and we want to make sure that, that the community and the economic development officials and uh, folks working at chambers and, and in city government and county government are able to, to connect with and support and, uh, and that we're also able to, to be a resource for them when it comes to helping support entrepreneurship here in Indiana. I think there's a, a ton that we have going for us. I really do think that we're at uh, uh, early innings and already seeing massive returns. I'm excited to see where this goes and where we continue to build truly what will be the economy of the future um, in Indiana based on those who are starting those businesses now, trying to grow their businesses here in Indiana. And that's exciting for us as a team. Very exciting. I appreciate that, and I appreciate all that you guys are doing and for taking time to share and help us uh, open that door a little bit to, to awareness. Absolutely. So today I've been talking to uh, David Watkins, Senior Vice President for Entrepreneurship with the Indiana Economic Development Corporation. This has been very enlightening, so thank you very much for thank taking you, time Lee. today. My, my pleasure. My pleasure. Appreciate it. You've been listening to IEDA In Your Ear, the podcast for members of the Indiana Economic Development Association. All content on this podcast is copyright 2023 
by the Indiana Economic Development Association, which retains all rights to this content. And by the way, the theme music was composed and performed by me, Lee Llewellyn. Thanks.